What's happening, friends? Welcome to episode 66 of Next Gen News Week for the week of October 13th. Uh, my name is Mitch, and joining me today is Stephen, oh. Michael, yeah, yeah. and Chase. Hello, hello. So uh, we're going to mix things up a little bit because uh, we're kind of recording a little bit late and some people are going to have to fall off to go to work. So we're actually going to start with trivia today. So I hope your your brains are ready for this. Um, so I'm just going to remind everyone really quick of the scores. So uh, Richard is still in the lead with 16 points. Michael has 14. Chase has 10. Steven has 9 points. Um so, the trivia question uh, for this episode is going to be, which video game, was uh, budget-wise, was the most expensive of all time to make? Um, was it Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, EVE Online, or World of Warcraft? Uh, was this including uh, DLCs and such? Um, I don't know. Just according to the internet, it's just as far as the budget. I probably just to make the base game. So it's how much it costs to make it. I'm going with GTA. Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare. All right, so in backwards order, uh, the cheapest out of these four was Eve Online, uh, which had a budget of $4 million, which now they've caused trillions of dollars in, in real-world people's money and damages. Right, right. Um, <laughs> World of Warcraft, $160 million. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 at $250 million, and Grand Theft Auto V at $265 million dollars so chase wow. that is a chunk of change chase mm -hmm. is creeping up he's coming for that lead <laughs> he is y'all uh y'all better watch out better put on two sets of cat ears <laughs> <laughs> now you're a meow 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 meow, 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 meow. all right so uh Anyway, let's get back into the regular order we do things. Um, just a, one announcement uh, this week. There's an Animal Crossing Direct happening on Friday. If you're into Animal Crossing, uh, they're going to be talking about the new updates that are happening. I believe they're in November, but they're adding like that coffee shop that everyone's been waiting for. It's been data mined for forever. It's finally coming. So I'm sure uh, we will not be streaming that one, but uh, it's just not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth the the live stream. We'll get copyright striked on it, and it's just yeah. Uh, and then let's talk about some games that are coming out this week. Uh, it's one, two of these actually came out on Tuesday. Uh, Back for Blood and Disco Elysium: The Final Cut coming out on Xbox and PlayStation, and I'm sorry, Xbox Switch and PC. It was already out on PlayStation. Um, are any of y'all planning on picking up any of these games? I know I'll get back for blood once it goes on sale. Um, I'm expecting it to go on sale pretty quickly just to gain in more like sales data, but I won't be an early adopter. I know it'll still be a fun game. I'm just not going to get it full price. It's on Game Pass. Day one. Uh, yeah, but I'm not going to do that. That's $15 for the game if you think about it. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then tomorrow... 
Uh, we have the the eighth installment in this popular series. Uh, you may have heard about it. It's called Jackbox Party Pack. Uh, so mm-hmm. Jackbox Party Pack 8 comes out uh, tomorrow, as well as the Crisis Remastered Trilogy on all platforms, which I didn't know they were doing a, a trilogy. I thought it was just the first game. So they're uh, mm-hmm. doing all of those. And then if you're a hockey fan, which I feel like out of the five of us, probably, and I, I may just be speculating here, but I think Richard probably the only person that'd be even inter- remotely interested in hockey. Am I fair to say well, that? Me and Chase are uh, into big sticks, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chase I'm a, is so I'm perplexed. a hockey fan myself, so. Are you? Are you going to, you plan on picking up yeah. NHL? Uh, probably so. Play with my Red Wings until I'm tired of it. Are you a I buy a hockey game every year kind of person? Oh no! <laughs> Did y'all see that uh, EA is wanting to rebrand FIFA and call it something else because they're tired of paying the licensing yep. for it, even though the games mm-hmm. suck. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now I've got oh, all that. And, um, oh. There was a gameplay trailer for Diamond Pearl remake this morning too. Oh, was oh there? really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to see no, that. I'm actually remotely interested in getting those games because I heard someone say, oh, it's like playing classic Pokemon. I was like, oh, I love classic Pokemon. Yeah, from what I've read, they've only added a few extra features. They haven't really changed the core of the game. Sweet. Let's jump to uh, what games we've been playing. Um, Steven, would you like to start us off here? Infatuated with Pokemon Unite. I think I've only had it. Uh, about a week and a half, and I've jumped up about 15 levels, done over 100 battles. Um, I like, and it's funny because I didn't like League of Legends for some reason, but this game is pretty much League of Legends. Um, there was even a um, someone saying that uh, a lot of the moves that the Pokemon use are like based off of the characters on League of Legends. Um, let's see. I've been playing uh, a lot of Call of Duty lately. I'm still in my cozy cove because it's like, oh my goodness, it's like my tea to my candle at night. I mean, it's just, it's such a relaxing game to play. Um, granted, you know, it, it can't hold a candle to Animal Crossing. Um, but nonetheless, um, storylines there... Um, gameplays there, no bugs so far. Uh, it's just a quaint game. Everything from the music to the gameplay is awesome on it. Um, those are really the only three games I've been playing, like like clockwork. So nice, Michael. What about you? Blame Steven, but Dragon Quest Tactics. <laughs> <laughs> And it's uh, the story, the characters are so fucking annoying. I do love the puns. Oh, I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the puns. Because the slime says, like, uh, everything is like goo. Everything, like, there's all, so many goo puns. Like, there's so many goo people around. And, oh, goo yeah. gravy. And I hope we have a goo great time. And yeah, yeah, I can't get tired of him. That game was made but, for Michael. It really, really was. <laughs> and, like, there's some, like... There's so many different types of creatures that are just stupid in Dragon Quest. 
I feel like it's missing some of the classic characters, but I haven't explored the whole all the content yet either. Yeah. Have you played uh Dragon Quest Eleven? No. Um uh, I never made it past that. that was the most recent one that had um, I think I bought uh, it. That had Trunks as the main character, the guy that looks like Trunks. Yeah. Um, yeah. something or another of the elusive age. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. Um I couldn't get past the beginning of the game because of how bad the voice acting was, but the puns were phenomenal. Like, and I think the um, I don't know his name, but it was the major um, orchestral leader. I think he passed away recently. Yeah, of the Dragon Quest series. Mm-hmm. That sucks. So that that's going to be a huge loss. Was he like? Uh, I think he was what ninety, or the, maybe that was someone else. I was reading eighty three or ninety. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And Chase, I know you've been playing Far Cry six, but what you want to tell Mm -hmm. everyone about or anything else you've been playing? So yeah, I uh, started on Far Cry six and I'm having a great time. It's, I mean, it plays a lot like other Far Cry games. So if you play the Far Cry games then you know what kind of what to expect, um, they did take away some things like where you had like radio towers where you would go up and like expect, inspect, like certain areas and it would like open up the map um so it's it doesn't have those anymore so it's more exploration based um there are like maps you can find it'll like uh like just mark things on your map which which is pretty cool um all the animation uh the cutscenes have been really really good there are have been some like choppy cutscenes here and there um i haven't had any kind of like glitches other than i had like where you like highlight enemies and like for some reason it was highlighting every every character like even npcs uh which was kind of hard but uh other than that i have not had any kind of glitches and no no out of world experiences like anything like that so um having a lot of time with that um and then i did start metroid yesterday and i'm really enjoying that i thought i was going to try to get through it all in one day uh but i'm still I'm, i'm getting close to the end i can tell but um i'm having a great time with that very very fluid uh, everything really, really smooth. Um, all the bosses have been really, really interesting. It starts out like, it starts out like really easy, and then when you're getting toward the end, it like really, really starts to pick up. So um, there's there's a lot of challenge toward the end of the game. So, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it um, more than I thought I would. So yeah, it's really good. Um, I, I'm buying Metroid tomorrow. I can't I can't wait to get it. Um, but so two questions, one for each of these games. One, um, how is Giancarlo Esposito? Does he make or break Far Cry Six? Like, is he like the the best villain in Far Cry? Do you think, or is he does he sell the, um, the character? He definitely sells the character. Like, when whenever you get to like the, the cutscenes where he's in it, like he is very intense. Like you can tell he is, you know, he has intent and he has uh, very malicious, you know. Um, like you can just see like what he's what you know you know what he's planning on doing, but he he hides it from the public. Yeah, and then um, God, I already forgot my question for Metroid Dread. I'll come back to it. I forgot what it was. Okay. Um, I do want to. I'm probably gonna get Far Cry Six at some point, but it makes me so mad. I was working on something yesterday, and I needed to find a trailer for Far Cry Six, and I. Just Google search Far Cry 6 trailers, and about four videos in was like a spoiler cutscene. They put the whole spoiler in the title of the video. So, oh God, 
I hate people. I hate this. They shouldn't have let you put that crap on YouTube. This, yeah, I, I, man. Oh, I remember my question. Metroid was, do you feel like Metroid is a $60 game? Um, so far. As far as like, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a Nintendo game. So it's going to be, I don't know. It's going to be expensive. Um, like where I said, like I was playing Fist not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks a lot of a lot of the Fist game looks better than Metroid, but yeah. I feel like Metroid Metroid overall plays better. Um, I don't know. I feel like sixty is sixty is fair for for a new game for for Metroid. I feel like it's fair. Um, I feel like if you, if you know if people want something cheaper, then they're going to wait it out. But uh, but I think it's I think it's a fair price. Like Richard, I will buy Metroid when it's twenty five dollars. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. I'm, I, I, I want to. We'll end up coming back around to this uh, thing about Metroid later in the show, uh, but I do feel like it's important to support Nintendo and tell and letting people letting them see that people do want more Metroid games, even if they are sixty dollars, versus uh, alternative means of purchasing or getting these games. So, um, but we'll come back around to that, uh, later on in the show. Um, as for me, I have, I finally found a mobile game that I have been, uh, really attached to and it's nothing, uh, what anyone has is going to expect. And that is competitive solitaire. So, (laughs) so, uh, I'm gonna I tell was you. really hoping you were gonna say mahjong, but you reveal pictures of cat girls. So no, it's it's called um, Solitaire Cash. It's I know it's on the iOS store. I'm assuming it's on the Android store. But you you start off with like gems, and then you can you put gems in into a match, and you play against five other players. And depending on what score you get, you get a certain amount of gems back. And then eventually you can start playing for money, and they have prize pools that go up to like seventy five dollars. I haven't done that because I'm telling myself i'm not putting any money into this game so i'm letting it give me money to then i throw back into it so um mm-hmm. i'm not putting money into it but other than that um i haven't got anything new for it but here's the switch oled and michael and uh chase got to see it in person the other day but um oh, so it's pretty. it's uh so much better and it feels so much more premium than the regular switch so i can't wait to play metroid on it that's I haven't really done anything else other than watch uh, getting caught up on TV shows. And I want to watch Squid Game so bad, but I haven't made myself buy a Netflix subscription to get it. First episode is awesome. Is it? Um, yes, yeah, it, it sets the tone. One of the articles I, I didn't put in the notes, but I, was, I thought about it, was how uh, Fall Guys is thinking about adding Squid Game games to Fall Guys. <laughs> I was like... Yes. <laughs> How do you get more people in? You do a Squid Game collaboration. I think the mm-hmm. I think the big one they were looking at was like Red Light Green Light, I think, because a lot of other games like I know Grand Theft Auto Online has already someone's already came up with a Red Light Green Light game mode for GTA yeah, Online. That's spread fast. Yeah. I mean, it's not like even Red Light Green Light is like that indicative of an idea, you know, it's just No one ever thought of oh, it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it makes me kind of want to play GTA Online again to see if I can find one of those because that's just cool. That I saw someone actually like um, made a game 
that has all the different Squid Game games in it, and they posted it on TikTok, and it was like a they were playing red light, green light, and the dude was like in the front of the line, and he was he was winning and then like every time that they would stop like you just hear these snipers just shooting people behind them and the dude was like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like it was crazy so anyway i want to i want to start squid game i may i may cave and get that in the next couple of days but i will say i will say with uh, squid game um don't let the first 20 minutes deter you from it um it's just plot building character building just like the first like five minutes of Brokeback Mountain, don't let it deter you. It's still a really awesome story. <laughs> Some things are only remembered for their first five minutes, so that's how a... I'm remembered. <laughs> are we talking about my past marriage again? Oh. <laughs> Actually, my goal is to uh, get married and then travel back like a time zone or two, so I can be negative married. <laughs> nice. That is a life goal of mine. I mean, that that's actually a, a feasible goal. So, I mean, it may happen. <laughs> All right, let's get into the, the news of the week. There's not a lot, but we're going to get into this uh, news and, uh, before we get into our big discussion. And um, I want to start things off with Fortnite, which is uh, Michael's favorite game of all time, other than Genshin. And how they finally admitted that they copied um, Among Us with their imposter mode and then decided, you know what? Not only have we copied you, but now let's let's finally collab with you on it. So, Michael, are you excited for Among Us Fortnite collaboration? I'm happier for the Among Us crew for being willing to work with them instead of just call them out and try to take them to court. But after the last court proceedings, like they probably realize as popular as they've become now, they still don't have enough talent to do that. Yeah. So it's more of like collapsing with them for money, right. basically, and seeing where they can get with that. Not out of like sincere niceness. So I kind of feel bad for them. But I'm also glad uh, Epic was willing to take a step back, listen to their fan base, and go, hey, yeah, let's Let's try to end this. Let's not completely rip you off and not take credit. Yeah. Um, Steven, you don't play Fortnite anymore, do you? Or do you still dabble? Uh, here and there, yeah. Have you played the um, the imposters mode in Fortnite? I wouldn't dare, only because um, I felt like it was, it, it was kind of, a childish mentality on how they did it. It was like, hey, yeah, we finally admit that uh, we did that. Let's make a let's make a collaboration together. That's like um, a bully bullying a kid in school. The parents finding out about it and then trying to invite the kid over for a sleepover. What a it's, good way of putting that. <laughs> that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's not how that's supposed to work. Um, that is, I mean, uh, nail on the head right there. Some type of legal action should have been put into play about it. Um, I don't know, just some type of monetary value being brought to them uh, percentage-wise for um, admitting it. You know, if they would have came out earlier and said that they were inspired by Among Us, then, you know, it would have been no harm, no foul. Um, But at this point... Like, I didn't play that mode intentionally. Yeah. (laughs) Intentionally. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of happy for them um, because not only do they get um, more publicity, more clout, um, and it's probably going to be um, maybe it'll be a skyrocketing profit. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, all in all, I'm just glad that they were able to move all of this to the side because, I mean, I think that the the gaming community has enough going on than to have to deal with court proceedings every freaking week. You're hearing something different about somebody suing somebody else or someone being called out for resources or assets being used that was someone else's, whatever the case is, you know, it's it's kind of childish. It is a breath of fresh air to, to, to have them actually just nip it in the bud and say, hey, let's just work together. You know, the, the funny thing is this morning I saw a headline where Google and Apple are countersuing Epic Games for, for uh, trying to get uh, getting around uh, paying profits or whatever it was to the app stores by they're like they're countersuing Epic for it. I was like, oh, my God, I thought we were done. <laughs> but to your point, like there's always something yeah, going on. Epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you went after Google, like, did you really think? Yeah. You were going to get away with that. No, of course not. On the upside, if with this collab, we might see an imposter costume with some dummy thick cheeks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Chase, do you have anything uh, to add to that? I mean, I, you don't play Fortnite, so I mean. Uh, yeah, I don't, but like when I, when I did see that initial news, I was like, man, you don't copy someone's game like, like 90, 95% and just say, oh, that was our idea. Like, no, that was, that was clearly intentional. I am glad. Like Steven said, you know, everything's worked out, smoothed out. So I'm, I'm excited for uh, the impos- the, uh, the Among Us team. Is, mm-hmm. To your point, like, it, it sucks because it's not like they just said, okay, here's the game mode. Because Fortnite in itself was born out of ripping off of a game mode from another developer. Um, the whole Battle Royale thing, if you can, I mean, that was a whole court thing in itself about whether the Battle Royale game mode belonged to a specific uh game developer or whatever but not to mention all of the uh, court proceedings that they had over the dance moves there was yeah thanks four or five different court proceedings over dance moves like the floss and the carlton yeah yeah but um what killed me about it was that they copied the map like verb like they copied the Mm -hmm. the exact first map of among us like everything's exactly the same, and it's like you guys can't do that. Like you have a you even use the same terminology. Yeah, yeah it's like you mm-hmm. have a you have a system in place where creators can go and build whatever they want, and you have all this money and everything. So why would you copy that instead of just making your own thing? Like I, I don't get it, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy for Inner Sloth. I think that they yeah, that team of four people have yeah, like they've skyrocketed in popularity uh, to the point to where like in the past year, like I mean, if you backtrack to like April of last year, I don't think many people were playing Among Us, and then look at it now, it's one of the most popular games ever. They have Halloween costumes for the imposters and everything in stores and all sorts of merchandise. Like it's it's really blown up and for Epic to take advantage of them, uh, is definitely not cool, but, um, let's go ahead and jump to another store on the up other side of the, um, video game spectrum. And is that, um, 
there appears to be a remake for the not only uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, or sorry, a remaster of Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, but a remake of uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, supposedly in development. Um, last week we kind of talked about uh, some of those old Kojima games, not Kojima, Konami games, getting um, remakes and remasters. Uh, but this apparently is Virtuos. I've never heard of this studio before, but they supposedly are working on a Metal Gear Solid 4K from the ground up remake. Um, have any of y'all played Metal Gear Solid 3? Are you excited to see a full remake of that game? Never played it. Um, but I do have a question. So, is it that they had something to do with um, Horizon? Were they not like lead studio on that? or uh, You're talking about Horizon uh, Zero Dawn? Uh-huh. They, uh, that team was Guerrilla Games. Um, so why did this... It, I thought it said in the article that they had a hand in uh, creating it. Hang on, I'm, I'm looking it up. Um, let's see. Uh, they may uh, do, like, support. Yeah, game... Mm-hmm. So, so this may be their first, their first big role. So they, yeah. So they, they look like they're a porting studio, is what mm. this or, or a secondhand studio. Because I mean, God, they've had their hand in a lot of stuff. They did uh, the XCOM two collection, Bioshock collection, Spyro trilogy, uh, the Outer Worlds for the Switch, uh, Battlefield one, Black Ops four, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Um, Watch Dogs 2, Final Fantasy 12. God, they, wow. Last of Us Remastered, Fable Anniversary. God, they've had all their hands in a lot of stuff. So, yeah, this appears to be like their, I guess, their first um, big... Oh, we can't forget um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire 2012 edition. Can't forget. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that looks like it's... Um, their big thing. This is from a LinkedIn article from a u- Twitter user called Faison Shake. I don't know how you say his last name. It says Virtuos is working on a remake according to their LinkedIn profile and is triple A action adventure remake from the ground up with 4K graphics. And it's like a big long Twitter article of the LinkedIn thing that's talking about the the remake. So uh, Michael or Chase, have y'all are familiar with Metal Gear Solid Three? Want to see a remake of it? I haven't. I have not played it, but yeah, if it comes out, I'm gonna version. grab it. <laughs> I've never played any Metal Gear games, um, which sucks because I I kind of like that type of game. I just never, at the time when they were popular, I didn't own a PlayStation, so I feel like um, Richard probably uh, when he finally comes out of the ether, he will um, be able to speak highly of Metal Gear Solid. But until then, we'll just have to leave it there, and hopefully, we can. Richard can enlighten us and give us the rundown on it. Um, but speaking of remasters, um, the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Definitive Edition was finally uh, confirmed to exist. They haven't like shown any gameplay, I don't believe. I think they're waiting till the 20th because that's the 20-year anniversary of GTA 3. But they got tired of the leaks and they were like, okay, yeah, this game actually exists. Um so it refresh me here. It's it's GTA three, Vice City, and San Andreas. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The only thing that sucks about this is that they they took the original versions of these games off of like the digital marketplaces, so you can't buy the originals anymore. You can to get ready for these uh, remakes, but it is coming to every platform, including the Switch, which I've I've always told myself like when as soon as this started coming, I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna buy it on the Switch just to see how bad it is compared to like everything else. <laughs> um. So, is there a particular Grand Theft Auto game in this set that you were excited to revisit? And also, if you're buying it, what platform are you going to buy it on? I want to start with Chase. So, I'm kind of I'm going to wait to see footage first. Um, I am I am planning on picking it up. Um, there are rumors going around right now that the next gen uh, copies will be seventy dollars at launch. Holy, um, which yeah, which is kind of a lot. Um, but I mean, that's three three really big games because those were games were, were massive games. But I mean, they've been out for a long time, so yeah. it's kind of like. Eh. Uh, but they seem I just like I want to know like how much remastered or how much work they put into them. So I'll, I'm gonna wait on that. <laughs> Do you, um, I think it was last year. You remember when the Mafia trilogy came out? And they like completely mm-hmm. remastered the first game, and then they kind of this, uh, or they they remade the first game and they remastered the other two. I can kind of see them going that route with this, where GTA Three, because of how old it is, is the one that they put a lot of work into, and then the other two just kind of get graphic enhancements. Um, I could, see, but again, sixty to seventy bucks. I don't know. That's that's like the only thing that would steer me away from that. Um, Steven, are you planning on picking this up? Definitely not, um, cause uh, kind of upset at Rockstar right now. Um, it it just doesn't make any sense. They're kind of entering that uh that PC realm. You know how World of Warcraft is still alive and RuneScape is still alive, and um, you know I'm not saying to to let a game die or anything, uh, but uh, I feel like their masterpieces should be left just as that. Um, if you get it right the first time, there's no reason to to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Um, move on to the next thing. Um, but if I was to uh, pick it up, it wouldn't be on day one. Uh, and GTA 3, since that was uh, the first one that I was introduced to, um, that'll probably be the one I want to uh, that'd be the one that I'd want to play. So, If you remember um, when the Skyrim anniversary came around, the last time that they decided to you know, re-release it or whatever um, on the last generation of systems, if you owned that game, they would let you um, upgrade to the graphic enhanced version for like a minimal fee, uh, which I feel like if you own these games, they should let you just pay like 10 bucks to get to the remastered version or however much instead of forking out 70 bucks for because maybe yeah maybe you only liked san andreas and you didn't like vice city or three which i feel like everyone usually likes vice city i never played any of these i feel like i'm just going off what people usually say online uh but like bought two copies of vice city and neither one of them worked (laughs) brand new and i was like i guess it's just not meant for me to play this oh my god terrible but like if you 
So you only like you could buy the individual games instead of having to buy them in this collection. Maybe to split that price up. I feel like maybe that's a better way to handle it. Uh, Michael, are you buying this collection? I'm not. Sad day. Sad day for Rockstar. Not getting Michael's money. I know. I mean, Rockstar deserves money for sure. Rockstar makes great games. I'm just, I don't have a need to buy that collection. Oh. I keep on buying collections and not playing them. Well, since you guys are more mobile gamers, <laughs> these collections apparently are also coming to mobile sometime oh, next okay. year. So. Yeah. $70 mobile game. There oh, it is. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, they'll probably charge like, uh, I would think like nineteen ninety nine. Because I know the um, the GTAs now, San Andreas three and Vice City. I think they're going for like four ninety nine, seven ninety nine, so, somewhere in there. I could see I could see them charging to at least fifteen dollars a game mm-hmm. on there. All right, and our last story for this, our last headline this week is kind of a sad one. Because I feel like everyone got the wrong impression on what Pokemon Legends Arceus is. And now they've kind of came out and... not. I'm still going to get it. But I'm a lot... I'm disappointed to an extent. Um, oh, we lost Steven. Oh. Um, but... Um, <clears throat> Why, God? I, um... <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't like me dissing on Pokemon. Um, but I, I'm kind of just disappointed... Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus is more like a a Monster Hunter type game than it is like a Breath of the Wild kind of game in which that like every time you go out and do something you have to go back to the hub area before turning around and going back out again and uh, that was honestly my biggest complaint with the last Monster Hunter game I played was that, like I had to, I couldn't just go from one mission to the next I had to go back and do all this other crap and then go back out. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm still going to get it, but I, I'm just kind of let down by that. And well, they, they haven't said that that's how the game works, but they just said like the map is going to be, they're not, it's not open world. They're like, it's like just going to be sectioned off kind of, I, I feel like it's going to be kind of like how the last Pokemon game was how the open, you know, the big open, what they call the, the wild areas, mm-hmm. but like, it's going to be kind of like that, but they're not all kind of like, then all one big map. It's just like you know, you know, you'll you'll load into another area, and then load into another area, kind of like that. I mean, if it's like uh, that, what... sure. But um... oh, I was actually kind of okay with the Monster Hunter s style gameplay with that. Um, I, I think we've seen. I think I think open world's kind of almost getting tired at this point. Like we haven't seen enough games of it, but so many games are trying to push to open world. And they don't have to be. Yeah. Like, Destiny 2 should have been kind of open world. And it's more it's more sexual, sectioned off. Like, you can't, like, scale the mountain and, like, climb, the, you know, just moon rocket to fucking Jupiter. Like, <laughs> no, you have to load into that area. You have to go along these trails. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Destiny should have an open world. Uh, Monster Hunter, I feel like, would benefit from an open world style gameplay as well. But they don't all have to be open world. I think my I think where I would um, still be okay with it, and I think this is kind of going where Chase is at with this. If say I'm at the hub area and I go, I don't know, just to like the beach area or something, 
And then I decide, okay, I want to go to the mountains. If I can fly from the mountain or from the beach to the mountains without having to go back to that village area and then selecting a quest to go to the mountains, I'll be okay with it. Mm -hmm. But if it's like I have every time I do something, I have to go all the way back to that one area and then picks a quest and then it loads me into that area. I, I'm not a fan of that kind of, right. Um, cause that was my, that's like my only gripe with monster hunter. Plus whenever I, I mean, I'm talking about an old game now, very old by today's standards, but monster hunter world, um, when that came out, like I jumped into it with everyone and like the, the area and I know Pokemon's going to be completely different, but in that monster hunter world, uh, hub area there's just it's so massive and you can't find anything and i know pokemon will be completely different but i guess it also just broke away from my immersion with it because i had to spend five ten minutes looking for where i go to get these quests because they don't lay it out in front of you um so hopefully See, that, that's why i kind of fell off of uh dauntless because the dauntless i guess branched out to that too like they retcon their normal hub area so where it's freaking massive and i'm like i I shouldn't have to teleport jump and hop a zip line to get to the artificer to craft something and then oh wow i need this material but this person way on the other side of far map they can help me you know craft that material to go back to the other crafting station no i shouldn't have to do all that yeah but um i'm sure we'll get some more information on pokemon legends well, by the end of the year, it comes out at the end of January, so I imagine we'll get at least one more uh, trailer, and Nintendo will start marketing here soon. And and you know, mm-hmm. once we see, once I see it in action, I'll probably be okay with it because I, poke. I mean, Pokemon has, I it's been pretty much the same for twenty five years now, so I admire them trying to shake it up, and I want to, and kind of like with Metroid, I want to support them and show like, okay, people do want these kind of changes, uh, so I am going to definitely pick it up so i can support uh their decision to change like this but big butt with two t's uh let's <laughs> uh let's jump into our uh discussion for this week and that is about game preservation um so uh the big thing here is that uh so metroid dread of course came out uh last friday uh it was leaked uh some people got it like up to two weeks before it launched. So hopefully no one got spoiled on like Twitter or anything about story spoilers, but two days after it, um, came out uh, or it released, uh, it was already available for people to pirate and play on switch emulators on PC or even the one that if you have like the, the older switches, it's apparently you can hack those to run emulators and pirate games on those a lot easier. Um, So pretty much people have been showing off like 4K unlimited frame rate gameplay of Metroid Dread online. And then um, this website that uh, I have used in the past to source some um, articles for us, uh, Kotaku.com. They uh, wrote an article uh, pretty much calling out Nintendo and other publishers uh, for their own lack of game preservation and which to that point, I, I do agree with, like, there needs to be some better ways to preserve some of these older titles. Um, but in the original version of the article, they kind of condoned, uh, or they kind of like agreed with like pirates and getting, 
copies of these games and even put out the emulators and like where to download the emulators to play um to get metroid dread for free um so the quote from them, the original quote says, uh, there are so many good reasons to be grateful for pirates, emulators, modders, and hackers for doing what so many big publishers won't, keeping old games alive. Clearly that's not the case for Metroid Dread, a brand new game, but this is an enormous issue Nintendo has to face given the relative technical inferiority of its current console. And then they went and updated the article later that day, saying an earlier version of the story was understood by many readers to be a direct suggestion to le- illegally download this just-released game uh, and then they say, we regret this interpretation. And Kotaku believes emulation is a vital port- part of the world of gaming, not at least when it comes to game preservation. But while not directly encouraging anyone to break the law and download games they have never purchased, we believe our readers are intelligent adults capable of making such choices for themselves. So, um, kind of just want to discussion this is going to be mostly about like how do you feel about um, game preservation as a whole? And do you feel like emulation is an important part of that and uh do you i mean obviously i think we're all morally on the same page that emulating and pirating at least current generation games is uh not cool (laughs) but uh uh so michael you are you're big on emulation uh with games so i want to start with you and where your what are your thoughts on this whole thing about metroid dread and everything else uh so kind of for me, it kind of touches on a couple of different issues that are still being worked on today. Um, part of that is the right to repair movement. Um, and that's more of a hardware aspect, but I think still applies to the coding base. And there's already one major company that already implements um, um, like a use case scenario where, and I'll get to that later, but... um. So the right to repair movement is basically trying to uh, make it so manufacturers can't force people um, through either design or lack of resources to force them to send their product in to get it fixed. Um, One current example of that is Nintendo. Um, So the Joy-Cons are fixed by a little bitty piece of ESD foam. Um, and just put it right there between some of the ribbon cables and the drift is fixed. Now that's not um, the full solution to the problem, but it fixes a large part of the issues where that um, static buildup is causing some of the drift. That's a really easy fix, and it's not a widely distributed fix. Uh, You have to go on Reddit to look at this. Nintendo knows this is part of a fix and they're not distributing any sort of information. They tell people, you know, you're not allowed to do this. And while tri-ring screwdrivers now are readily available, like off of eBay part shops, um, that is still not part of a widely used kit is those tri-wing tips. So from a hardware standpoint and from a software standpoint and from a media standpoint, they're blocking everybody from fixing a controller and having them wait you know two three weeks for a repair that's very easy for them to do if they have the know-how um, Google has kind of implemented this so Google has uh, like part of their like statement somewhere is like the white hat hacking like addendum so 
if someone reports like a security breach to Google of like of about anything of their platform, they'll be like, okay, good job. They'll pay you out of some fee and they'll fix it just for just silently reporting it to them, you know, instead of just sending that, that opportunity to, you know, regular hackers and letting them be exploited. They're actually getting compensation for doing a good job. Um, so, yeah, of course, new opportunities, they probably should be protected. And at least for the initial release, um, from a software standpoint, you don't want people to know your coding processes and stuff like that. So you probably don't want to distribute like your source code, for example. But letting people have software access... And there's a very happy, enthusiastic fan base for a lot of these major games and companies. They'll be more than happy to fix uh, bugs and stuff. And even, like, there's been hot fixes that have been incorporated into Skyrim, for example. Of, you know, the whole user base finding software bugs, patching them, putting them as, like, a, you know, as a download, like a free download. And then... Um, Bethesda is just like, yeah, that's a really good couple of fixes right there. Let's just incorporate that as part of a hotfix update. Yeah. Um, so it, it can go both ways. Um, it definitely helps the community all around. You don't want, like I said, you don't want the, the firmware, especially like of newer games, maybe let it be out a year or so. Um, because you don't want people abusing that data to um, hack the main company or to find other people's sensitive data through the software. Mm -hmm. So um, it comes a point, I mean, PlayStation, Sony, they, they've kind of battled that before with, you know, just being like, yeah, go ahead, hack our, hack our you know, our software and our hardware. Let's see if you can do it. And now they've had multiple data breaches because of that openness. It does go both ways, but I think if we have like a complete, like fair, what I expect from you, what do you expect from the user fan base, and maybe hopefully the fan base doesn't completely fucking abuse it, we might have something good going there. Um, but yeah, I'd say, especially like nowadays, especially if it's not being currently worked on or actively worked on, something like, uh, uh, Anthem, per se. Um, you could just give that to the people. Be like, here you go. Y'all fix it. Yeah. Y'all make it into what you think it's going to be. Here, here's a here's a hacking platform. Here's the user tools, developer tools that we're using. Y'all have at it. Instead of just putting it behind locked doors and not going to do anything with that property and have all that lost media. I think... Like, uh, oh, yeah, potentially we'll... You know, we'll put it out in some odd years when we think it's acceptable for the market, but you never do. Right. I think uh, part of the problem, and this is, I think it may have been this Kotaku article, it may have been on something else I saw. Uh, but usually, uh, with console emulation, um, it usually takes a couple of years, probably after the systems are no longer getting updates anymore, uh, for people to really start getting into emulation on that particular platform. But because of Nintendo using NVIDIA Tegra processors, which 
the system came out in 2017 and the processor that it used came out in 2015. People have had plenty of time to learn how to hack um, that particular processor. And the only thing that they had to figure out was how to bypass the um, Nintendo's like first level of security uh, on the original Switch which I'm not going to get into, but it just involves... It involves the Joy-Cons, which is stupid how it all works out. Um, so because of that, like people have been able to emulate current-gen games on their stuff instead of having to wait a couple of years, which I feel like is part of the... the it's like the biggest problem that the Switch has, uh, as long as these uh, first-generation Switches are still out in circulation. like that's, It's always going to be a problem. Uh Chase, what is your stance on emulation and um, game preservation and all that jazz? I mean, the game preservation definitely needs to be there. I mean, I'm I don't I don't want to go out. I mean, I want to support the companies making games, uh, but like if if the games are not available to purchase anymore, like the systems are not available anymore, it's I it mean. You're you're not. You, I mean, that the money that like even if you go out and buy it, that that money is not going to toward that company. Mm-hmm. That's going to you know to somebody else. Um, so I feel like I mean, definitely needs to be preservation. But like, um, well, I'm also worried about. Uh, I'm worried about like um, how like the online games are going. I mean, like the online purchases, like in the past. Like I mean, you know, if if you if you bought something online, like a PS like talking about like PS3, PS Vita games or whatever, uh, and the, you know that store is gonna probably gonna gonna go, go away in the next year or so. And like, how are you gonna get access to those games? Yeah. So, yeah, we we've talked about the the PS3 and PS Vita uh, store closures before on the show, um, mm-hmm. and one of the the big arguments was it is for it was that. Um, emulation of ps3 is it's difficult because it was completely built on a different architecture than how ps4 and ps5 games are and that's why you don't see a lot of those older ps3 games getting remade remade or getting moved to like playstation now or anything um out of the big three console manufacturers i feel like xbox kind of done the right thing with game pass and bringing all like they are constantly moving original xbox and 360 games over uh and they're giving them mm-hmm. to you as part of your current subscription or actually giving them to you for free every month with games with gold um so I hopefully and there's always rumors about playstation eventually trying to do their own version of game pass and hopefully mm-hmm. um those types those some of those older games will eventually make their way over to it and Nintendo kind of doing their own thing with Nintendo online. The problem with that is Mm -hmm. that you have to have a Nintendo online subscription. And eventually when they move on to whatever's next, it's pretty much going to be starting over again. And because you don't actually own those games, like you are, you're pretty much renting them versus where even if, um, unlike the Xbox side, even if my game, like, um, game pass subscription expires, Actually, I take that back. If I if I get them through games with gold, they're they're mine. Like I own them, even if I don't have a gold membership anymore. But if they're on Game Pass, of course I'm gonna have to do that. But since Xbox is kind of going in this route where they're just upgrading the hardware inside and not really changing the software like of the UI and 
the infrastructure of the system, you're constantly, as long as they're still making hardware, you're still going to be able to access these old games. And I feel like that's a good step that everyone should kind of get to go into. And I know part of this is like, as far as how many times they've re-released, say, the original Mario Brothers or Ocarina of Time, you've got people like, I know I did, and I'm sure some you guys may have as well. Like, when the Wii came out, that was like the first Nintendo system that had online store where you could go and buy those old games again. And then so maybe you bought the original Mario cause you missed it or Zelda. And then the 3ds comes out. Oh, here's these games again, man. It'd be really cool to play mm-hmm. super Mario brothers on my 3ds. So you buy it again. The Wii U comes out. Oh, I want to play this on my handheld t- game console buys it again. <laughs> so like you, at that point, it's kind of like, yeah, you're supporting them and you're giving them money, but at the same time, you could just... That's something where I feel like it's okay for you to find a, a ROM of that game and you just you don't have to pay for it again. It's yours. You keep it as long as you've got a Windows computer. Um, so, I mean, that does bring out a good counterpoint, too. So, you might not have... I mean, I, mean, I think you just made your opinion, uh, but... Uh, like you might not have the original disc or something, but you did digitally download the game, um, and maybe like with PlayStation or with Nintendo, you downloaded that downloaded that as part of a service. And let's say you let your PlayStation lapse. Normally, you don't have access to those games anymore. You got them for free. But should you? I mean, you were paying for that service and everything it provided at the time. Yeah. Um. And that was kind of like the last thing I was talking about before we started recording. Like, um, I think it's, I'm not going to, I'm going to say what I think it's a part of, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's part of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. But it's kind of like if you buy a game physically, I mean, you can do whatever you want with it. You can, uh, you can, if it's on a disc, you can pop it in your computer. And if you get it running on your PC, cool. The only problem with it is just distributing that game for other people who haven't purchased it. And to that point, I don't know where that's kind of like a, a gray area. Like it's if you buy that game digitally, how what do you actually own with that game? Um, and that's and that's a very fair point, especially for someone like me who like even on this uh, instead of like the free games on like PlayStation Plus, like I, I buy everything digitally because I don't like the inconvenience of swapping out discs or putting in new game cards in my switch. So like with um, Breath of the Wild, like like I I own it digitally, but like do I do I own it? You know, right. Um, I think that kind of steps into the DRM, you know, if it's DRM free or not. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, something else I was gonna say. Um, I'll come back to it. <laughs> um. But I think that we've that's a we've had a really good discussion on that. Like I and I think we're kind of all uh, roughly on the same page with it. But um, I uh, wouldn't condone uh, downloading Metroid Dread at least until uh, it's no longer available to purchase. Um, because I mean, look, think about it. It took 19 years to get a new Metroid game. Um, I was six years old the last time a Metroid no seven years old the last time a new Metroid game came out. Uh, in the in the regular Metroid series, not Metroid Prime, and by if mo if people are say like a million people purchase it, but four million people are pirating the game, 
you're really going to discourage them to making another Metroid game. And that's not okay, especially for like huge Metroid fans. Like I'm hoping this game is what's going to really get me into this series. And I don't want to play this game, which supposedly is the end of this saga air quotes. Um, but then go back and play these old games and then go, man, I really want a new one. And they go, sorry, we're not making a new Metroid game because nobody bought Metroid Dread. They just downloaded it. So, um, you're going to have extremes both ways. I think people who are going to pirate non-ethically, they're going to pirate it non-ethically. You can't beat that. I think I'd say like after four years, if a game is four years old, give it to the people. That might not apply to games as a service like Destiny 2 or Monster Hunter, but like past that, if it's four years old, just give it to the people. Um, and then let them have the choice. If they want to download it and play it on their PC and just do what they will with it, I mean, there's no reason for anyone else to distribute it because they're already distributing it. And if that's the illegal part of it, then let them I mean, fucking let them. Um, it's a four-year-old piece of hardware or software. You're not using those same tools normally anymore. You're not using the same coding guidelines or same ethics or even the, even the same standards in some points, um, just as far as gameplay or um, development goes. But... What? Yeah, just, just, my thought is like so fucking close. Um, my my only gripe with that is that if everyone knows that, okay, say say that like um the lifespan of a game is five years, um, and then once the game turns five years old, they just put the game out there for free. No one's gonna buy the game when it comes out. They're gonna just like okay, I can just wait, and yeah. so. I feel like the way to handle it would be, okay, um, we're just going to not come after you after X amount of years for distributing the game online. Um, but I, I wouldn't say the way to go would be to, oh yeah, just 60 months from now you can get it for free. So but you can pay 60 bucks for it right now. We're going to take a dollar off of it every month until it becomes $0. Right. Well, <laughs> the alternative to that, I think this is what I was trying to think of was, uh, have it available to play on your own platform. Like a, as a, you know, as a subscription based service, you want to play it on their platform. You want to play it how it was truly meant to be played, you know, and there is valid, valid argument for that. Uh, especially with like the older style games with the CRT, you know, the screen bleeding and stuff like that. Like, I mean, that's the whole reason why I bought Final Fantasy um, Crystal Chronicles on the Switch was because even though I knew it was playing better on other pieces of hardware and there was better um, development on other pieces of hardware, I felt like in my heart that was the way to play it was on the Switch. Um, you're going to have people all across the board, um, but I will think that will make development teams think about what they're actually putting out instead of trying to stick so hard to a guideline, trying to, um, you know, scrap everything that they've worked on to go into a completely different route. I mean, we found that out with, uh, like, the first Destiny um, how the development was just complete ass and it was so full of bugs and not good ones that they'd anticipated and 
people cheesing bosses and just like give them longer development times. I actually pay these people a good rate and don't work them to death to put out these games. That mm-hmm. way, you know, whatever you're buying up front, and there are a lots of fans who, if you know, they like that studio and they like that game series, they're going to be the first ones. They're not going to wait four years after people are already tired of that game, because then by then, like, no, like four years, six years, who knows however long you want to wait for a game, the people are already moved on to the next one. Yeah. Well, guys, I feel like that was a um, a very good discussion about game preservation and how we uh we all kind of feel about it uh any closing remarks on that before we start wrapping things up no mm-hmm. well since we did trivia at the beginning of the episode uh i have another trivia question no, i'm kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry steven you missed bonus out question yeah bonus question <laughs> which one of these games was pirated the most and why is it breath of the wild <laughs> um but Anyway, so uh, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. So, Michael, do you have anything you would uh, like to plug today? Today, um, I don't know. I think I've kind of put a back burner on, like, streaming stuff, too, right now. Not intentionally, but just, like, I get stuff updated. Yeah. No, no more spacey. You do, like, some Halloween spacey Sundays. I might. I might. We've got, we've got a lot of spacey halloween spooky stuff coming up lots of uh, spooky planets even on no man's sky i need to revisit that Ooh. i'm thinking about trying to organize a some kind of halloween type stream but i don't know if i'm gonna do it but anyway uh chase anything to plug this week is it finally time uh, no still still not gotten got anything off the ground on that but uh gamefly is having another sale like a lot of like first party switch games were like down to like 35 dollars um yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good deals right now. Like some of the games that are like forty dollars in store now are like twenty bucks. So always it's always good to check them out. Um, I saw Resident Evil Village on there. Is the PS4 version does it get a free upgrade of PS5? I believe it does. Hmm. Resident like, Evil yeah, Village like, is like twenty five bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's twenty five. I I was wanting the PS5 discs though, so I didn't buy it. So. Yeah, that's like I I I don't like as I was saying earlier. I don't really buy uh, physical media for these for any systems that i own uh but if i am i'm not i don't i have a there's just this weird issue with me about buying a ps4 game for my ps5 like it's just it doesn't sit mm-hmm. right in my head like i right, just give yeah. me give me the white <laughs> header on the box instead of the blue mm-hmm. that's all i care about just give me the white <laughs> one um but yeah there's there's a lot of good stuff um i'll put a link in the description if anybody wants to go check the how you know how long that's running for is it I, I don't know they usually do it for a few days and then like it's usually like uh like like toward the beginning of the month or like and then toward the middle of the month okay so this, this is like but, a monthly thing that they do yeah okay so yeah i'll put the put the links down in the description uh for anyone who wants to go check that out and if you want to check me out anything um just look up Meech Flow. I'm all over the place. Not doing anything, but I'm all over the place. So all over the place. Um, I did. Uh, I don't think I even talked about it last week, but there is a. Uh, I got with Jason and Jonathan again, and we did the final uh, Smash Ultimate uh, little series we were doing, celebrating the game. Uh, it's up on YouTube. There's also a Switch OLED unboxing. And sorry, it's not as good as quality as somebody of these other people that do it, but I was in a rush, and so I just wanted to get it out there. But other than that. That's going to be it for episode 66 of Next Gen Newsweek. And we'll be back next week with 
hopefully uh, Richard will be back from the ether and everything that he's doing. And we can talk <laughs> about uh, Far Cry 6 and Metroid and anything else that's going on in the world of gaming. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. This week's sponsor is brought to you by Rapid Shits. Do you not have time to take the full shit? Do you just not have time to just sit and have the post effects of taking a dump? This turns your poop into a semi-diarrhea, semi-solid state for rapid movement out of your butthole and allows you to wipe in one fluid movement. Get it today.